Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Little, yeah, little quieter. Like it's one. later right now, so I don't want to be too loud for my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. covered your hands. You backed up. You did a, a different variation there. That was cool. Tried to add a little bit of a vibrato. It worked. Thank you. It very much yeah. worked, dude. I was driving to to climbing today, and I saw the billboard you were telling me about. <laughs> you want to tell <laughs> the audience about right? it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess it's is that Hollywood or Sunset? I think it's, it's Sunset. Off. Um, it's off sunset yes yeah so in hollywood um off sunset there is uh the netflix building um i believe there's two netflix buildings they're just giant buildings kind of from one block to the other and there's a billboard outside of one of the buildings and it's it's a billboard about for a book and the book the billboard says are you interested netflix or something <laughs> and it's basically prompting the people like that work at that netflix building to look outside their office window and see this billboard to buy the rights to a book and it says like expandable storylines like it's trying to sell netflix like the idea that this could be a tv show it's pretty um i appreciate it shameless pretty pretty great shameless plug right there in front of the building i'm all i'm honestly i'm a big fan of that kind of marketing too i knew a guy in college that um was working really hard to get a like intro job into kind of like copywriting and marketing that kind of stuff um for like ad agencies so he went to downtown San Diego around where most of the bigger uh, ad agencies were created. And he made his own like Snapchat filter that people could use that was basically like a mini resume for himself. So stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Stuff like that is pretty sick. And um, yeah, I, I really hope whoever put that billboard up gets that deal because the, uh, they <laughs> earned know. it in my book. I, I actually, I'm really, I need to look at it more closely. I'm, Curious about what the book is. See if I can find that. I had not heard of the author. I think it's like a spy thriller book. I don't that know. Sounds it great. seemed pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed cool. Um, yeah. Interesting things you see uh, when you're driving around LA. Yeah. A lot of a lot of great billboards. All righty. Yeah. But a little before before we dive in today, everyone, because we're, we're getting a little inconsistent when we bring this up. So I want to just do it right off the bat. Um, everyone. If you haven't already, leave a leave a review for the podcast. Subscribe on uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, leave five stars. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you hate, but still leave five stars because we need it for the algorithm. Um, and you know, tell us like what's what's uh, what Christmas present from your childhood or Lucas and I. That's very specific. It might tell us a lot about you, but I want to know. Um, and if you have any questions, well. comments, concerns, complaints, shoot us an email. Thanks for playing pod at gmail. Dot com as well. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TV podcast at CP podcast and S at the end. And you can find links to our discord as well. in both of those link trees on those respective social media platforms as well, as well on our website, <laughs> nextplaying.live. And I got to say, um, we've actually really been pushing the YouTube content lately. We're putting out more shorts, uh, on YouTube. We're doing more reels on Instagram and more stuff on TikTok as well. So come hang out. Let us know if you like what you're seeing. Let us know if you don't like what you're seeing. Um, I want to know. I want to know. I would like to know too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Um, it's so, it was just, there was so much I had to say just now. It um, it makes me want to drink water out of my cup 
<laughs> Man, that's that's the best segue we've had all year. That's right, everyone, because today we are talking about the number one 1930s cartoon simulator, Cuphead. Is right. I, I gave a little early skibbity bop because I feel like that's jazz infused, and the, this, yeah, this game yeah, is totally. just so much jazz and so much fun and fuck, Cuphead. Yeah, that's right. The 2017 run and gun 1930s cartoon inspired co-op game developed by Studio MDHR, uh, led by the brothers Chad and Jared Moldenhauer. Um, 8.8 from IGN, 9.5 on EGM. Uh, 8 out of 10 on GameSpot, and an 88 out of 100 on Metacritic. Um, wow. Awesome, awesome, awesome game. Uh, me and Matt played this game co-op, couch co-op, um, at my place over the course of, was it four or five sessions? Um, uh, it I think it. it took us around four or five, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we just kept play, playing it, you know? Uh, we knew it was going to be a hard one. I've been wanting to play this game since I first saw it, E3 2015. Um, I was still in college. Um, feels like so long ago when I first saw the game and instantly fell in love with the look. And I think the look of the game, the 1930s cartoon style and animation is what draws most people to take a look at the game in the first place. Um, and then as we kind of went through our sessions of playing it, I fell in love with the game design itself always been a fan of these genre uh these games in this genre um and man i was i was really blown away yeah i mean i'm, I'm really excited to talk about it but I, I really want to focus in a little bit just kind of on this um this studio and this these developers um so the studio name is uh i think you mentioned mdhr so studio mdhr founded by two brothers chad and jared moldenhauer um and i i just think this is such an fascinating and incredible story because i feel like so many of the bigger games really out there today are from people with some sort of like even if you're not a triple a studio at least some sort of formal game training you know take the people or take uh take outer wilds right very notable game but started as like an indie project for people training for that in college right but this game this is just two guys with a love for video games their whole life and they're just like all right two brothers we're gonna make a video game let's let's yeah. do it i mean these guys they're 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 pretty nuts honestly they took out loans against their home just to be able to like pay yeah for, like <laughs> living and paying to do these like the game and just everything and um no prior game experience developing experience no professional training um or any sort of education in game design all self-taught and just so incredible. And what I love too is the developers, um, the, the studio rather, is almost like very uh, family friend owned, I want to say. Um, yeah. Family slash friend owned. Cause I mean, literally, just even the guy that did their, like, pro produced their jazz music, um, or like, I think the composer, excuse me, was like one of their friends growing up from down the, down the street or something like that. So just such a very tight knit studio, it seems. And it, just a very incredible story of two guys that just kind of risked it all because they thought they had a good idea 
and just kind of went for it. And I think this game was a development for uh, four years, five years. How long, Lucas? Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, I had a really long cycle. I think they started in uh, 2012 or 2013. 2010, excuse me. And, oh, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game they set out to make, so that's a seven-year development cycle. Yeah. Um, the game they started uh, to make was a, initially a very small game. They wanted to do eight bosses. Um, if you look at some early builds of Cuphead, it was very different. Um, a lot more basic. They had a few key ideas there, but they knew they wanted to um, have a look that was inspired by Rubber Hose Animation, 1930s cartoons, Felix the Cat, Betty Boop, things like that. Um, and they grew up as brothers playing a lot of co-op running guns. Um, Gunstar Hero, uh, Gunstar Heroes, Metal Slug, Contra, Ikari Warriors, games that I also grew up playing somewhat. Um, so it was kind of a natural uh, love for Cuphead right away. And I, honestly, I just I cannot believe that they went full on and committed to the animation style. Um, these brothers clearly have dedication and love for the craft. Yeah, um, absolutely very, very insane. And before we dive in any further, I would like to give a, uh, a brief explanation of the game. Just so the audience, in case you're not too familiar with Cuphead, so you have a good idea of what we're talking about and what we're going to be discussing for the next give or take 45 minutes hour. So um, the player or players control Cuphead and his brother Mugman on Inkwell Isle. These two fun-loving brothers wander off from their home and enter the Devil's Casino and begin playing craps. After a hot streak, the Devil comes out to raise the stakes for the game. If the brothers win, they get all the money in the casino. But if the Devil wins, he will take their souls. So naturally, the brothers lose and are left begging for mercy. The Devil makes a deal. If the brothers can collect soul contracts from all his runaway debtors, at the, by the end of the next day, he might spare the two of them. So... The brothers begin their quest to try and collect the contracts and save their souls. Fudge. That's right. That's right. So the game turns into um, a basically a boss rush type of game where each level is a series of bosses that are in debt to the devil. So you're kind of collecting the souls for each of these bosses. And then there's kind of inner interspersed, you know, there's not too many of them. There's only about six of them run and gun levels that allow you to collect coins which lead to you buying upgrades for the boss levels. But it's a boss rush style game, um, and the bosses are hard. Um, this is a hard game, for sure. It's a difficult game. Um, a lot of people are really enticed by the cute, kind of cartoony nature of the game. Um, and then they they play a little bit of it, and they're like, holy shit, this is a hard game. Um, and I think a lot of gamers, that happens to, for sure. Yeah, I was just talking to some people, and they're like, oh, this game looks cute. Like, I think it looks, like, it looks fun. And I'm like, you don't understand, like... It's not yeah. fun. It, it's yeah. it is fun, but like you don't understand. It's it's stupid hard. It's not cute. I'm like screaming at my TV. It's just like it's a uh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so for me, and I think I know this is where we differ as gamers, and some of our audience members have really caught on to this phenomenon. I love these kind of games. Like I just I really really do love extremely challenging classic bullet hell style games um i like trying and dying and trying again um a couple of years ago i i played through um hollow knight and i'd say hollow knight was harder than this game um at, you know at the end of the day 
and completely different game, but you know, it's the 2D reaction-based, memorization-based style of fighting, heavily on um, heavily geared towards boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved, you know, I know that it was challenging for us, even as a group, or you know, me and you co-oping through it. Um, but I, I mean, I loved every single second of trying to overcome the challenge for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's very rewarding when you start to like things start to click and you start to get through the game. But something I loved too was I was watching an interview with the brothers Chad and Jared, and they were talking about how that while the game is like certainly not easy, they also didn't really consider it to be that hard. Because when you think about older games, like whether it's Battletoads or even something that I think you and I have very recently both tried playing is uh, Super Mario Mario Brothers. They're saying how like, you know, try going back and playing the original Super Mario Brothers. Like you're not going to beat it most likely. Like the game is actually very, very hard. Um, I remember, uh, fun fact everyone, uh, we tried. We were supposed to do it for the. <laughs> it was supposed to be a podcast game. We're like, oh, this will be sick. This is like one of the OG games when people think of video games. This will be fun. But I couldn't beat it without using save states. Like, there's no way I would have beat that game without using save states. And Lucas is just like, didn't want to use. Save and I was states. like, and what's was the like, point? What's the point? Yeah, like we can't even beat the game. So, um, that I, I, I think that just kind of emphasizes how while this is a very hard game, it is one where you can definitely learn patterns. And it's not like that most of the bosses are like unreactable. Like you can still react mm-hmm. to them as well as you're learning the patterns. It just takes time, you know? Um, yeah, you know. I definitely want to talk about that in game design for sure. There's so much to unpack there. Um, it's it's very clever, truly. Um, like you said, I mean, I, I, I know it's a challenging game. It's a hard game, but like you fight the boss, you know, you don't have to go through a full level and go through all this war of attrition with your health bar and then fight a boss at the very end. Right. And then if you lose to that boss, you run out of continues, you're at the title screen again. Yes. You know, it's it's not an unforgiving it's not an unforgiving game. You know, it's actually very forgiving mm-hmm. in that in, in a way because, you know, if you lose, you can hit re- retry. It's a very quick reload time. You just jump back in, you just play the boss again, right? And it never really feels there was rare instances where I felt like things were just straight up unfair. I felt like everything was fair, you know, I, like really like every every boss telegraphed every move that they were going to do. Yeah. Um, it was hard, but you always had a chance to dodge something. And I thought that was really, really uh, well, well designed. game. Yeah, the only on ones that felt very or even slightly unfair were ones where you just get the most terrible mixture of RNG. Like there'll be some bosses yeah. where once you realize what attack they're doing, it's very predictable. But the order they do certain attacks within their moveset might just like fuck you over it in one instance or not. So there yeah. were a lot of things like that, particularly in the last boss, of course, the devil that we fought that was yeah. uh, very difficult. And before we dive into kind of like game design and stuff, Lucas, I want to get your opinion on, um, we're just going to dive into spoilers pretty early here, but what did you think about the false ending kind of where you do give the devil the soul contracts? Yeah, I didn't I didn't really get the point of that. That was kind of a weird one. I think it's just a way to sort of I feel like it's a little bit of a trick on the gamer to give them a way out that's not going to be very satisfying. Um because one thing and the brothers did talk about this, uh Jared and Chad in there's numerous interviews from these brothers. They've really um kind of hit stardom level with Cuphead. And um IGN has a great unfiltered interview. Um, The one that you watched, I forget which channel had done that one, but um, really, really great resources to learn about these brothers. Um, And one of them, I think it was Jared, had mentioned that, um, you know, although something can be challenging, it's always really great to overcome a challenge. 
Um, and you know, when you play some of those old games that they used to play, the Contras, Ikari Warriors, Gunstar Heroes, um, you know, it was it was always nice to beat the final boss and beat the game. It, it felt great after all the memorization and all the patterns and everything. Um, it was always great. But in Cuphead, you technically can beat the game without killing the last boss. Um, it's not a very satisfying ending. In fact, it's very unsatisfying, but you technically beat the game. You get a yeah. credit screen. Um, and I think that's kind of them maybe being a little coy um, and saying like, yeah, yeah, you beat it. But, you know, did you really? I know. And then you, you <laughs> uh, get the ending screen and you get like demonic music playing when you go back to the title screen of the game. So that was freaky. Yeah. Yeah. That was freaky for sure. I remember you looked at me terrified because we did the that just to see what happened. <laughs> And I remember I thought yeah. like, oh, fuck, did it just delete our original game save as punishment or something? It's like, do we have to restart? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was scary. We just yeah. jumped right in and fought the devil. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, no worries on that one. But uh, I mean, when, when you first started playing this game, Lucas, what, what jumped out to you on it? Um, I think for everybody, just like, you know, everybody, I, it's really the art style that yeah. attracted me. I mean, and that's how you first hear about place. it really too, is that's like what made waves about it. It was just the art style. Yeah. Look at this art style. I mean, it basically got them to deal with Microsoft that took them to the next level. Cause, um, you know, Cuphead had a very, very long development cycle, but then once it was shown at E3, uh, 2015, it was like really like, Oh wow, this is going to be a really huge game. And that was already five years into their development cycle. And by that time, Microsoft had seen it, wanted to get it for Xbox exclusively for a little while. And, um, it was just like a, a big deal, you know, and it's purely the visual that we're seeing, right? It's like people knew that'd be a run and gun game with a 1930s cartoon aesthetic. And that was enough. It's pretty insane. That's how good the yeah. art style really is. Um, but as I, as we kept playing more of it and fighting more bosses and going through more levels, I really, really started appreciating the game design itself. Um, I thought every boss was, and there were so many bosses and bosses are always the most fun part of games, right? And every boss was so well designed. Like every boss had unique phases. Um, you know, you knew how far you got when you died on a boss, um, which like, is kind of this psychological way of saying like you were so close you know one more try i would have had such a bad time if they didn't have that feature actually <laughs> i know yeah. yeah exactly for sure and um i don't know everything about the game is fair and um i think that revealed itself over time which i really really liked but what about you what are some of your initial thoughts i mean yeah it's just holy animation and then it's just after you get over the beautiful animation it's just the holy crap, what is this game, you know? Because, I mean, most games, you know, the first boss isn't going to take you 30 minutes, but here it did, right? So yeah. it's just... It's, <laughs> did it take us 30? Give or take, probably. Probably not that bad until we got some of the later ones. But definitely was not easy for us, obviously. It wasn't like we got anything on the first try, right? Um, just a very, very jarring game, but in a very good way. And a very... Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, and you really don't see a lot of games made like this anymore. You know, I feel like... And for better or for worse, you know, a lot of stuff is more focused on, you know, graphics and that AAA style of gaming, whether that's a Dark Souls game or whether that's, um, you know, Horizon or God of War or these newer titles coming out like Ghostwire or even the ones we see year over year, right? Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty. Um, Cuphead is a very unique entry into the gaming history i think no matter where you look at it no, no matter even where you would put it in 
in time, really, because I think even if you, you know, release this game 20 years ago, it still would have been remarkable if you release this game, you know, at, at any point in time, yeah. it's, it's going to be a, considered a remarkable game, which I think is just so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it's funny because when you think about its design and kind of where the, the gaming era that these brothers come from really growing up on like Sega master system, super Nintendo, um, and a lot of early consoles, um, really playing the metal slug, these running gun games, um, cuphead, you know, not, a, not that much has changed. It's just been revived, re- like refined a little bit, right? Like instead of having to, um, you know, challenge the game, ch- quote, challenge the gamer by kicking them back to the title screen when they die or making them lose lives, then run out of continues and you have to beat the game in one session. Now they're like, Hey, let's get rid of that. And let's just make it all boss fights. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the, that's the challenging part that that should be the most challenging part anyway. So the brothers really took like the actual core gameplay that's been around for a long time with run and gun games and changed the context that that gameplay exists in. Yes. So instead of having to hit a title screen or boot up a game, you know, you're, you just open up your file and continue forward um, fighting the next boss. And it's it's so it feels so much more better to play a game like this. Like if we tried to play some of the original Contra games, we would have a horrible time playing those games. It just wouldn't. I think I think that most people would. Um, you know, that's where the nostalgia factor really runs out for me is like, OK, this game is actually just very annoying to play. Um, not fair, um, in my opinion. But um, the brothers definitely knew that when they built Cuphead and. Um, I just love that that they they knew where they were coming from and they knew where they had to take the genre, for sure. Yeah, and I I think the setup of yeah the the boss rush was so important because before we actually dove into the game, the first thing you and I or before we really dove into the first boss, the first thing you and I did was the run one of the run gun missions to try and get some coins. And I thought, yeah. oh fuck, is the whole game gonna be like this? Yeah, because <laughs> those were. <laughs> Just very, very hard, and honestly, relative to the boss fight, it's just not that fun either. And for context, everyone, what we're talking about with these running guns is um, they have just running gun missions more akin to something like, I guess, Contra, like you were saying, or like a Super Mario's round where you go, you have like a starting point and an end point that you have to run to and get through all the enemies up to that point. And it was just very, very hard and very, very difficult. Thankfully, not required unless you really wanted to get a lot of upgrades, but um definitely a, a unique little part of the game that i'm glad we didn't have to uh do all do of. all of and and <laughs> suffer through for sure but um yeah i mean it, it, it's just such a when did it click for you lucas i'm, I'm curious because we had we shared this experience together so i'm really curious when it finally came in together for you and when it came together for me <laughs> Yeah, I think um, the moment you get your first few upgrades um, and you realize that you have specific loadouts, because um, the tutorial level shows you all the basic move options that you have. You have a dash, you have a jump, uh, you can fall through platforms by holding down, um, crouching, and then um, jumping, and you fall through a platform, and then you can parry, um, and you could shoot. So it's a very simple thing, and then you, you know, if you shoot an enemy enough times or shoot a boss enough times, you can build up meter and then you can perform a special. If you have full meter, you can perform a super. Um, so nothing crazy as far as game mechanics go. I mean, it's as um, standard as it comes, you know, to build up special meter and stuff like that. But I think that the game develops like sort of a meta design um, from a player, like player choice 
meta ends up occurring when you realize that like there's all these different weapons that you can get and all these different loadouts you can start like start running yeah where it's like oh this loadout this gun is way easier on this boss than this gun right oh you know what you know it's gonna be better for this boss the invincible dash oh you know it's gonna be better for this boss the auto parry you know so when you start realizing certain loadouts are gonna work a little bit better i think that's when the game clicked for me um, and you realize like, wow, this, they really did take it a step further with the genre, um, by, by letting you choose all those loadouts in that way. Yeah. So for me, none of that factored in at all. Um, <laughs> for me, um, the game finally clicked when we got through Fuckface, as we affectionately refer to him oh, to also known as the yeah. clown boss of the game. Um, yeah take a place at like the amusement park is I don't know what it was, but I mean, that was a very hard boss in general. I think you would agree. However, something about that boss just wasn't clicking for me mentally. Like I cannot, my brain just turned off and I, I wasn't able to like, like there are very obvious indications of movements that they would make. And then the, it's like, Oh, they're clearly about to start this attack pattern. And for whatever reason, for like a good hour, I, I just was not picking up on anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't for lack of like me not paying attention or not trying. I just was like something just wasn't wasn't computing in me in there. I hit like a mental roadblock. I don't know. But once we did finally get through that portion and get through the boss, I was like, okay, I am namaste. You know, I am I'm ready. My mind is clear. I understand what I have to do. I can beat this game. Uh, <laughs> so that that was my weird personal cathartic experience of when it clicked I oh guess. wow I, I didn't know it was so such a deep i was getting deep bogged i was getting i was i was in a dark place that night <laughs> um <laughs> he was really really hard he was the hard. he was i think the hardest boss besides the devil i think so yeah um but what really makes i mean brings the whole game together is just the incredible game design right i mean at its core, it's per, it's fairly simple, right? It's just run and gun and bullet hell. And the main focus is the gameplay itself and obviously the art and animation, but there's not really a very big overlying story or anything. I mean, uh, oh, it's yeah, a very basic. I mean, it's a very unique little universe with very unique characters. Yes, how? but however, it's not very... It's not a deep story by any means. There's zero yeah. beat. There's zero story beats in it. There's no twist. There's nothing. It's yeah. just... You know, there's an, there's an inciting action and then there's a resolution and that's it. Yeah. But uh, I think what is so important about games like this is that it's hard, but it's not unbeatable by any means. Right. With the, mm -hmm. in the game, it's, it's not like a, like a super Mario brothers or it's not like a, uh, a battle toads or something where it's not even reaction original Castlevania yeah. original Batman. Yeah. It's, all those old games. If you put in an hour on a boss, you're stuck on, you will eventually learn the, learn the patterns well enough to where you're able to react accordingly and get through the boss. And they have a great mixture of just power-ups too that keep things interesting. And as you are playing the game, kind of mentioned this earlier, but you do start to see, oh, in this situation, this would be better for this boss or in this situation, we should, you know, have this combination, whatever it may be. I mean, and so much of the, and to give everyone a, an idea of how much these can matter, um, at the very final boss of the game, the devil, Lucas and I spent probably like, what, fuck, 30 minutes? No, three hours three, on it, three, excuse me. Three hours on three it. Three hours on it until finally at the end of the game. Because at this point, Lucas and I, neither of us had enough points to, um, or enough 
coins within the game, which is the in-game currency to get any new power-ups. And we didn't want to have to backtrack to get new ones. And my loadout was like a shotgun, which is a like a short spray, um, a high damage um, energy-based attack. And Lucas's main one was a chaser, which is just kind of like a weak, but a really um, good auto-homing missile or auto-homing gun. And at the end of the boss, I mean, I'll be honest, Lucas was just better at this game than me. I think he has a little bit better reaction. So he was just lasting longer than me um, in these boss runs typically. And it got to a point where I was just like, okay, you're, you're lasting longer than me. You need the shotgun, but I have the shotgun. What do we, what are we, what are we going to do about that? <laughs> there was only one thing to, there was yeah. only one thing to do. So really. of course we, I just gave Luke's my controller. I, I took his controller and then we beat the boss after like four or five more runs. But you know, my favorite part of that too was, I think I didn't want to admit that was the, I think halfway through the, the boss problem. battle, I knew that was what we needed to do. But I didn't want to admit that was the problem because I remember there was like maybe we were only like an hour in once we saw like the certain phases that we could get to because it's like a three stage boss fight. And there was a point where we weren't even getting to like the last phase for like a good hour. Yeah, I think as we were so bogged down, I remember I was just like, hey, do you, do you have the shotgun? He's like, oh, no, I never got it. I was like, oh, word. <laughs> like, okay, we'll and then it's like, like like i just know what we need uh, yeah, to do i'm like keep going. we'll figure it out yeah that's fine yeah and then eventually and then you were like i know what we have to do <laughs> i knew what you were thinking and i was like yeah let's switch controllers let yeah. me give me the shotgun <laughs> and like it worked i mean it basically for that last boss fight it was like you need the shotgun because you just need to power through really fast mm -hmm. and those side like demon things that are flying and shooting skulls at you are just you, you have to kill them immediately, like as fast as you can with a shotgun. Otherwise, yeah. it's just too much damage. Yeah, that was probably it's one hard. of my favorite moments of the game because I brought it up and you just immediately knew you're like, yeah, we got you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That said, though, I yeah, mean, I, other than that, there weren't really any other moments in the game where we really had to switch up our loadouts too much. There is some where maybe I switched from one gun to another, but for the most part... I sticked with the standard gun and the shotgun the whole way through and an extra health. And then you had your invincible dash with the chaser and the normal gun, which my God, the invincible dash is so good. I know it is. It's very, very good. Yeah. And so was the auto parry. The auto parry I think was underrated. Like there was that one ghost train, uh, train yeah. boss um, where the auto parry was basically the thing that we were able to do the game with. Yeah, <laughs> it was that. And there was another, uh, there was another auto parry um, heavy boss and, um, I just think that there was probably a good mix of power-ups that you can run at, run and and do very well with certain bosses. I did see there was um, like a speed run of, of Cuphead in like 23 minutes, uh, a Dev, a Dev Reacts yeah, speed run. Yeah, I saw that one too. And the guy was running two guns that we never actually got. Um, it was like the boomerang gun mm -hmm. um, and then the bouncy like yellow gun, I think it was. Um, I, forget, I, I don't know the names of those guns, but basically it was the maximum amount of damage output that you could possibly do by like switching as fast as you can between these two different gun styles. And this guy was like doing doing so much damage to bosses that he was literally skipping phases. Like yeah. for the slime like the slime boss, he killed it in like 30 seconds. It was crazy. And that boss, like, we struggled with for sure. <laughs> I first played him. Speedrunners um, are fucking crazy. Yeah. That shit yeah, blows I mean, me it's away. A whole, they beat a game know, in 25 always. minutes. It took us like what, 10, 12 hours? Those those always yeah. blow me away so much. Totally. Um, but since we're on game design, I'm going to I'm going to dive into a few things here. Um, three three key points on the game design uh, that I want to really, really dive into. And this comes from 
uh, a YouTube channel, great video on Cuphead. Um, the Game Makers Toolkit, it's an awesome YouTube channel. I know I've brought it up before. Um, they have an episode on Cuphead um, called How the Cuphead Bosses Try to Kill You. And um, they bring up the three main categories um, on memorization, reaction, and skill um, for the Cuphead Bosses. Now, um, they do bring up all the kind of old style of video games like Contra um, or these other run and guns that simply did rely on learning game patterns while not getting hit and not dying. Um, and in the old school games, how you'd always get booted back to the title screen and it pretty much never felt good. Um, and there was so much memorization in those games back in the day that it became less reactionary uh, and less skill based and more keep throwing myself at the problem until we fix the problem mm -hmm. kind of vibes. And I think what Cuphead is really great at is it mixes up all three of those things to a like masterful degree to the point where take, for instance, the boss, um, the one that's like three mini bosses in one, um, Bar like Baroness Von Bon Bon. Um, she's the one that's in like the candy castle oh, yeah. and it's actually three mini bosses and then the castle that you fight. And there's three mini bosses that you fight in three different phases but those mini bosses are random, mm -hmm. but each one of them attacks and moves in a very predictable way. And on top of that, they during each one of those phases of those mini bosses, there will be an additional variable of a, something that's getting thrown at you. So the first boss you fight could be like the candy corn mini boss, mm -hmm. right? It's just a one on one candy corn mini boss. You just fight him. Then the next boss is the gumball machine. And then the next boss is like the chocolate waffle guy. And the interesting thing is that the depending on when you fight one of those guys, it'll be hard or really easy. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you fight the like you're like, oh, this candy corn guy is nothing. I could just dodge, jump here, move that way. And he's dead in like a second. But if you fight him for the third phase, you're going to have a gun getting shot at you because she shoots like a shotgun yeah. at you. You're yeah. going to have stuff falling from the sky. So it's like. It's it's some RNG, but there's well, still exactly a heavy right, reaction yeah. and that's, memorization. That's what we were talking yeah. about a little bit earlier with how there are certain patterns. I mean, you, there every attack is in a pattern that you can't eventually recognize and can react to, but it's that RNG, and that's the factor of, okay, will I be able to dodge this, or am I just going to get fucked over by a barrage of bullets in a really unfavorable <laughs> setting? Yeah, exactly. And like, let's say you have like three different attacks coming at you. Attack A, which is very easy to dodge because it moves in a slow, predictable projectile way. Uh, but then you have projectile B coming at you, which comes from the top, goes down really fast, but projects itself very clearly. So now you have two variables that you have to watch out for trying to dodge them both. And then add variable three on there, which is a stupid fucking homing missile that the boss shoots like and explodes in a giant hitbox <laughs> and then you're like okay that's bullshit you know it's yeah. like then it's like okay i get it that's hard i can do it but i i now have to consider this third thing that's coming into my view and I, oh my god you know it's it, it gets this point where you're memorizing like combinations of variables yeah. and combinations of memory um and combinations of reactions and i think it just gets really really fun um when you finally do push through and get it out of the way um but difficult you know nonetheless so love love that game design and for those of you interested again game makers toolkit's a f fantastic youtube channel and i every time they have a video related to a game that we're playing i always try and check it out and this was um titled the way cuphead bosses try to kill you
Yeah. So I, actually, I did see that one. I just haven't had the chance to check it out. But yeah, it sounds like a, a great little supplementary content for the fans, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, such a, I mean, just to wrap it up on game design, such, such a good game design. My only real critique is that I think, I mean, for the most part, like you never switched off the chaser at all during the game. I think the <laughs> yeah. chaser was a little too obvious and too easy to use. It's not too easy, but just it was a little too good in certain situations, I think, because it just basically allowed you to go totally on autopilot and not worry. Granted, it was weaker, but you got to focus totally just on dodging, which was a very big deal because there's at many points certain bosses where you may you know, because you have to aim your gun at certain points or with the shotgun, you have to get up close. So there may be certain points where you have to put yourself in very unfavorable spots to be able to do damage that may end up causing you to get hit. So a little bit of a critique for me, but overall, you know, otherwise like great mixture of guns, power-ups to use and ways to mix and match those to approach bosses and all that good stuff in different ways. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. I know we've talked about it a lot, pretty much since the very beginning. Um, but now we're on the art style section. Um, now I'm not sure what to say. Uh, it was amazing. I thought it was really, really great. Yeah, I mean, it's all hand-drawn and like just scanned in for the animators to like work on, I think, with like rigging it. Um, but yeah, just so unbelievable, all hand-drawn. And the, the there's something about the 1930s art style of those cartoons that I don't know how to explain it. It's almost just more of a feeling, but it just feels warm. I feel like to explain, like mm-hmm. even like forget the fact of what we're experiencing, right? It just feels um, safe, almost like just a very warm, like familiar feeling. So I love seeing that art style. Granted, like it's not in a very safe setting this time around with Cuphead, but uh, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed just kind of diving into that. And I mean, always say I'm not trying to say like, Oh, nostalgia. Cause like I didn't grow up with these cartoons and either the Jew or cartoons of that era per se, but something about it just feels familiar. I don't know if you agree with that, um, Lucas, but, and they're all, yeah. And they're all, um, the only, the only little shortcut they took, they did mention was, um, they did do all the color coloring digitally because they quoted, yeah, that's <laughs> that shaved about five years off development time, which it's like, okay, it's probably about right. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, other than that, everything was hand-drawn, sketched, and yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I think the um, one of the things I do want to bring up on art style here is, you know, when it comes to this style of animation, and um, a lot of times this type of animation is referred to as rubber hose animation, um all the all like the characters the bosses and everybody you're kind of playing as it feels like they have more of a freedom with this animation style to um change their anatomy squish down get taller have their limbs expand um have their eyes pop out of their sockets and things like that i just think that this type they of they can be much more expressive that itself. way yeah it makes them yeah, feel I more alive of, totally Totally. And I, I think this type of art style has a little bit more of a the ability to do that as opposed to like, let's say if it was like pixel art style or if it was like 16 bit era, it just wouldn't feel as good to see like like the intro to the devil um, like boss fight is him like winking at you or like his eye. He, he comes like very, very close to the screen. His eyeball is huge. And it just looks great. Like, it, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how that can really look as good in a different type of art style. So I think Cuphead does certain things that other 
art styles wouldn't be able to do because it's coming from this context of like 1930s rubber hose, you know, kind of crazy, wacky, you Just know, flexible zany. style yeah. of art. Yeah. And um, I did hear this really great talk. Um, it's uh, the Game Developers Conference, GDC, um, in 2017. Uh, Jake Clark, who is an animator at um, Studio MDHR, uh, he did a talk at the Game Developers Conference uh, on the animation process and philosophy of Cuphead. Oh. Um, and sort of all the concept art. And um, just like every little thing was seriously talked about in detail when it came to the the art and the animation for Cuphead. Everything. Um, they went through like dozens of death animations for that mini cigar boss, um, which you could actually beat the game without ever even seeing um, on the dice level, you know, in the casino. Yeah. Um, the death animate, just the death animation for that boss, which like, you know, I, the death animation is great, but who's really paying attention to the game after? I mean, you beat the you beat the level, and you're like, thank God, you're not like in awe of the death animation yeah. usually. Um, and you know, the, it took a months just to get that down. Um, and I, I just I just love the um, level of detail, um, the number of ideas that they had. Um, if you look, at, I, I encourage everybody look at the different iterations of the bosses that they had, um, the Medusa boss. They had tons of different iterations of, of what she she originally had a pirate ship on her head oh, apparently yeah. um yeah and then and then the animators realized it was going to take too long to animate the pirate ship so they're like okay let's just do hair <laughs> you know so um, down a bit. yeah pretty yeah yeah pretty pretty interesting stuff there yeah and i think we've gone on specifically a lot about just the how incredible that the fact that it is hand-drawn but i do want to bring attention as well just to the design itself, right? Like the, all these, these characters that they came up with, just how they look are incredible. Like, and how just unique some of these are like the Medusa character. There's so many unique characters just that come to life so well in this, um, rubber hose is what you called it, right? Rubber hose animation, rubber hose animation, yeah. just so many beautiful sets you get to play the game on. And so many, just so, creative and imaginative characters it was just a blast to play through them all i looked forward to seeing what every boss looked like yeah totally totally i looked forward to every boss and then every phase of every boss mm -hmm. it was always a really fun thing really fun and the transitions too were always so smooth and i think that's a credit to the um the rubber hose animation it just all flows so well it just flows so naturally yeah, yeah yeah tons of freedom there tons of freedom um cool all right sound design fuck yeah, but go ahead. You could start. <laughs> it's just so good. I was listening to it. I was doing my notes for the podcast. It's just like this, this fast-paced jazz, and I don't know. It's just, it's the soundtrack you want. Soundtrack. It's the soundtrack you'd want <laughs> playing when you're going out to go do something with your boys. You know, like you're up to no good. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely club. It's definitely club music. Yeah, for sure. like 1930s hype music. club <laughs> hype music. Right? Like you're all just running down running down the streets of New York, snapping and, and, <laughs> and snapping and uh, synchronized snapping, just cigars in your mouth, about to go into the 1930s prohibition speakeasy or whatever. Wearing a suit. Or in a suit. Yeah. Was prohibition in the 1930s? Breaking the law. I don't remember, but. Um, 1930s. Was that still prohibition? No, 20s. No, prohibition was the 20s, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, no, the roaring 20s. Then prohibition? Prohibition oh god end. did the roaring 20s happen during prohibition no way prohibition ended like oh one. it did prohibition was from 1920 and 1933 wow 
So everyone you know. during the Roaring Twenties was committing a crime. Yeah. Can you believe that? So this is 1934. You're rolling down the streets. Your boy's about to go to a bar with some <laughs> jazz music playing, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Johnny does something crazy that night. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Just ah, it's just he makes a deal with the maybe devil. He makes a deal with the devil. Maybe. He forgets to pay his tab and you guys get chased down by the mafia and oh Johnny, you know, just like um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, something about it is just it's just such fun music that just makes you feel like you're up to no good, but you're having so much fun while you're doing it. I, I can't Yeah. It's just it's I, I love jazz in general too. So it's uh it was just so fun to play too. And there were so many moments while you and I were playing the game where we're just like fuck this music this is good slaps. as we're like getting fucked up yeah. by a boss but, yeah. yeah um it's great it's i love it too because i feel like a lot of games can't get away with using this kind of soundtrack mm-hmm. um and have it make as much sense or feel as good or fit as well and like everything about cuphead i mean it if was it's like, perfectly with the animation as well right because it is an older style yeah totally and like there was no in no world was was this the wrong choice you know what i mean it was like almost the choice like there was no other way to do the soundtrack other than a big live jazz band playing mm-hmm. the songs you know what i mean and it like the the animation and the era that they're going for the 1930s era it just makes sense the music itself is great um even like down to the care that they had. So you mentioned it earlier how their old childhood friend did the compositions, uh, jazz compositions mm-hmm. for all this. And even there's like different mixes. Um, yeah. So let's say you yeah. fight a boss. There's a different mix and one mix might have like a drum solo and the other one might have a sax solo instead. So even while you're playing a boss, it won't technically be the same track. You can get the sax solo version of the track, which is incredible. I mean... Just for them to even like allow, like find a way to have variation of the songs that they're going to do and have it still stick within that jazz, you know, like jazz is very well, well known for having solos, <laughs> drum solos or sax solos, you know, in, in the middle of the song and they still do it. It's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, so, so good. Yeah. That was one of my favorite little just facts I learned I was researching was just the fact that. Yeah, they did have unique bosses or unique soundtracks, even within boss fights, which is just nutty, um, which is crazy, too, because what, what always blows my mind about stuff like that is there's so much work that went into it that might not even get to get appreciated, right? Because maybe you just you beat the boss fight in one or two runs. Maybe you're really good and you don't hear that second variation of the music, which is such a shame, but such a neat little thing if you do end up probably as most people did having to play a boss, you know, five or six times at least. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. All right. Um, NPC award. Uh, there's a lot to pick from here. Uh, every boss is an NPC. Um, so for me, and I could start, uh, I'm just going to go with my favorite boss, Grim Matchstick, the dragon. Mm. Um, I loved his animation. I loved him as a general concept. I think he looked great. I loved his backdrop. His backdrop is actually a real life model castle that they did an animation of, of a camera stop motion camera going around. It's pretty insane. Um, I think he was a challenging boss. He was hard and he was really fun to beat. Um, so he's, he's my NPC where he also has a lot of personality and three heads. So that was super fun. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. (laughs) Um, my favorite was actually one of the mini bosses from the, uh, King dice boss rush. Um, the monkey, 
like the I don't know what you call it, but the monkey that that claps I think his name the two was, uh, symbols together. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, uh, I forget his name. We we saw his name on the card in the game. Uh, uh symbol. It's like symbols or chimes the monkey or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, but that uh, it, it's honestly probably one of the e- easier. So for context, everyone, the King Dice boss battle, which is the second to last boss fight before you get to the devil. Is like a boss rush of a bunch of King Dice's minions that go down pretty easily, but do you know you do have to learn their patterns still and everything before you fight King Dice himself? And it's just so there was this monkey one, which the setting is you have to like flip cards by pairing them to match them up, um, and then once you match two cards that are the same card, then you can you know fight the boss and attack the monkey, and it's really not hard. It shouldn't be hard to dodge. The monkey. It's a very basic <laughs> pattern, and it's just like okay, just move away from it. But I don't know what it was, but it was just <laughs> it you was, couldn't figure it, it was out. Just in my fucking head, man. <laughs> I could not. So to, to, the the way it moves, just so everybody here knows, is uh, you know that like idle screen of the DVD logo, like bouncing from like this corner of the screen to that corner of the screen. It was screen a little more random than that. It was like, <laughs> no, it was literally that. It was literally just moving from one spot to the other, bouncing around. But you just, I mean, I had trouble with it too a, a couple of times, so I can't, I can't say anything really, but it was, that was the pattern. Yeah, I know. It was just, and then I, I don't know, as some of our viewers probably know by now, I'm a pretty big weeb. So it just brought me back to like, uh, attack i was about to call it titanfall attack on titan um where so as anyone who watches has watched or read that manga knows um good old captain levi has a very big you know hate boner for uh zeke who turns into basically a giant monkey titan and i I won't i won't say when but there's a one spoiler alert slightly one line in the manga uh, where levi just screams there he is that fucking <laughs> monkey and that's like that that was me in this in this boss it, it was literally like whenever I, we I whenever we got to that round it was just there he is that fucking monkey and I uh test it was brutal but it was fun and i was just so satisfied i got through that yeah i can attest to that all right yeah. oh and i have one more uh, one more auto mention npc word actually all right let's go for it um i, I gotta give it to you you were a player in the game, I felt like, and Cuphead was a player in the game. Specifically Cuphead, because for me, that was almost a non-playable oh. character. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, I just got to give you credit, because you, you carried pretty hard some portions of this game, so thank you for that. Thanks, man. There was, yeah. there was points, I, we kept calling it Ultimate Gohan, or like Ultimate Lucas. Like <laughs> I remember there was a, a moment where we were so close to beating uh, the clown boss, which I keep forgetting his name. Um, we were so close to beating him, and I remember the first time I got to the final phase, I was just dodging out of my mind like everything, and I just like I remember I was just like zoned in, and like my eyes were just like like I was I just went straight Super Saiyan on this on this phase, and I was I feel like I was like screaming like ah! <laughs> like the whole time I was dodging, <laughs> and I was screaming in my head for yeah. sure. But I thought you were hearing it, and like uh, and then. I just got hit by the last thing and died. And then like everything just like, I just, just yelled like, fuck. <laughs> like it was, it was crazy, man. And there was like a few moments like that where like, it just kicked in like adrenaline pumping for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was yeah. fun. Thanks there, for the NPC award. There were, yeah, just another note, side note too. There were so many moments in the game too, where 
like we were beginning fucked really badly at a certain point and like we would just be like don't we're not don't talk to me you know like yeah <laughs> yeah that was just great like, just shut up don't talk to me like that yeah. was that was hilarious stuff <laughs> all right man um hit, hit us with your companion piece pick so mine might be not well i kind of have two if that's okay um one is oh, i forget the I forgot to write it down actually, but I had it. The it's a ghost main music video, um, Mercury, which is okay. I don't know if it's like proprietary art that Ghost Main had done, but Ghost Main is like actually no, it's definitely not proprietary because it has <laughs> Betty, that Betty character, but um it Betty Boop. Betty Boop, but it is a Ghost Main music video with um Rubber how rubber ho- hose hose rubber hose animation. rubber hose animation style playing over it or on behind it as the music plays over it and it just is so interesting because he's kind of like an underground rap artist and is like not demonic but like pretty just I guess in, intense that like wouldn't really fit and like a like you won't catch this guy at outside lands is my point um, okay. <laughs> And it, it's just very interesting hearing like that kind of music played over that kind of animation. So I recommend that as a more close to home companion piece. And then I have more wholesome companion piece. Um, uh, Mickey's once a, once upon a time or Mickey's once upon a time Christmas mm-hmm. came out in 1999. Okay. You know, it's the Christmas season. It's really not even rubber hose. Um, I just kind of am saying that cause it's kind of inspired by it because it's like, that's where that, Disney animation started at, but great little Christmas flick to watch with your loved ones, significant others. Uh, really recommend it. I remember watching it with my family growing up on like VHS. It's a, it's a good one. Heartwarming, heartwarming little like mini anthology series of like each of the main, you know, characters in Mickey's posse. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, I think it's time. It's it's definitely the season for something like that. Mm-hmm. So love love that we're getting this out there yeah. in time. Um, my companion piece pick is going to be the 1940 animated film by Walt Disney Productions, Fantasia. Um, um, I actually yeah. I watched this movie. Um, I have been watching it um, the last few years around Christmas time. Um, there's a certain moment of the night on Christmas Eve where. On Christmas Eve, I usually stay at my parents' house and we have dinner and maybe open up a few gifts. Um, and now that, you know, everybody's a lot older, no one's um, in a rush to go to bed early to for, for Santa and things like that. Um, so I'll usually stay up and watch a movie by myself. In the last few years, I've thrown on Fantasia um, just as something to kind of wind down to. And it is just a feast for the eyes, for sure. Um, you know, for those of you that have never seen it or never heard of it, it's basically um, several segments, several acts of um, Disney animation, no talking, no dialogue, and just kind of um, orchestrated music set to it. And um, has the very famous Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, Mickey in his wizard hat, um, accidentally causing a ruckus um, with some beautiful um, symphony music playing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really, really just some wonderful animation. And it's it should be seen as a real like kind of poster child for for this style, for Disney, um, and it was released so long ago. I mean, 1940 was many generations ago, um, and I've always, I always love kind of coming back and watching it on a, on a Christmas Eve night when things are slowing down. And it still looks great, honestly. 
yeah it looks yeah. it looks incredible for sure um it is it is mind-blowing how how it looks for sure love it all right uh favorite moment you want to take this one start man um i see it feels like a cop-out to say the the end when we beat the devil um but it kind of is for me <laughs> and it's not a knock like oh we finally made it through the game um but man just finally beating it what like i stood up out of my seat and was like we did it and <laughs> i was like i know that we both shared the same sentiment i know i sent you that rick and morty clip uh mm-hmm. <laughs> right when when we kind of beat it and i, I really it, it was like this big cathartic feeling of those of you the, the rick and morty clip uh you can find it on youtube where rick and morty just get into the what did they what is rick's machine just called? The ship. Or, yeah the ship they get to the ship and they just scream <laughs> and just like cry and rick is like i was not in control at all that whole time that was pure luck and he's like look at my hand shaking morty look at this look at this and morty's just just pure crying i think <laughs> that, my was, that was me and part of that too is as i was looking at the video i was just scrolling through the comments to see what people are saying and one of the top voted comments were just was just um fucking um one of the top of the comments was just when you and your friend beat cuphead yeah like, that yeah, was solid that's, that's pretty much it yeah <laughs> love it um so for mine i actually had when we beat the train boss oh uh, nice yeah because i like that it, it was one of the only times that i really felt like that we really just figured out a boss and we really just had it down and had it set and we were like okay we got it we're good and nothing to worry about. And I don't know, that was just like a, probably one of the more biggest moments that it really did click, I guess to be, which is kind of sad because it's so late in the game. But um, I just, I was very satisfied with how well we were able to handle that boss. Totally. I yeah. think we broke down every pattern very quickly. Mm-hmm. And like, I had a very clear role. You had a very clear role and we, we kind of figured it out. So did we need yeah, to I, I like that moment a lot yeah. as well. All right. Um, nitpicks. What you got? Not really too many. Uh, I think at certain points it was, um, I think the chaser was a little too good, which was a little Mm -hmm. bit of a bummer. I think that um, no, well, good and bad, but I think that no um, online multiplayer was a bit of a bummer because I know this is a game we wanted to actually do much earlier for the podcast, but I was living in San Diego and you were in LA and it just wasn't convenient for me to obviously, or either one of us to go to, come down like two weekends or three weekends in a row to try and beat this game. Um, and I, I'm just still surprised that hasn't been like added in posthumously um, as like an extra feature. Pretty weird in my opinion, but also cool because it does encourage you to go play it with a friend, which I think is great. But um, something that just really still bugs me and kept bugging me was just the randomness or the lack of randomness with the dice table um, at the end of the game when you're fighting King Dice. So, for context, I know we've referenced it a few times. The way this boss rush works is um, you enter King Nice's casino and you go onto a craps table and you roll die on the craps table. It is a three-sided die, so one, two, three, no more, no less. And depending on what you roll, you move up set amount of squares on the craps table. So I think there's like 10 or 12 squares on this particular craps table. Some squares entry into a boss battle some give you just like a one-up some are like a safe like a pass 
Uh, and then at the end of it, you can either land on one that's a start over or one that is um, finished, which then takes you into the final, final boss battle with Mr. Dice himself or King Dice himself. But I didn't like that because it, well, here, it, here's the thing. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't really it, matter. Yeah. Cause it, I don't know the, the whole thing with the dice and like you're in a casino and, and it's craps, right? It's really just a game of chance. Right. And you could, the, the dice rolls weren't random. Like I mentioned, it was only numbered one through three and you could easily pick what number you wanted to get by just, um, getting lucky with your, or by just timing your jumps into the roll. Cause the way you rolled the die was pairing it out of the guy's hand. And you could very easily say, Oh, I need a three to get to this most optimal spot. Or, Oh, I want to skip this boss. So I have to roll a two. And then you just, you know, parry the two. So that was a bummer for me. And I think for you as well, cause it, 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 it I mean, it was a perfect chance to implement some sort of like randomness because there were so many points where, I mean, up to that, I mean, it's a casino, right? And I think at that point with all the hard bosses you've gone through, you do deserve a chance to maybe get like a really good roll where you just get a bunch of sixes and kind of go through that portion easily. And I just thought it was very lame that they chose to put you into a situation in a setting where having randomness with dice rolls makes perfect sense. But then ultimately, that's just not what it was. So I was a little upset about that. Yeah, I agree. Just an arbitrary thing you have to do that doesn't really matter because you end up picking your own path yep. for that dice game anyway. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, my nitpick, um, man, see, it's a nitpick, so I guess I can just kind of see it. Is I, I do wish that there was a little bit more world building in it and a little bit more context for who you were fighting, who they were. Um, maybe a beat or two in terms of story. Cause like I said earlier, it literally is an inciting action and then a, a climax and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's no, there's no build up to another boss. The bosses aren't related to each other. Nobody knows each other in this world, but at the end you kind of figure out that they all kind of coexist in the same world. Um, and I just thought that there's an opportunity there for maybe these bosses to appear in other people's fights or they interact with each other in a, in a more indirect way. Maybe a boss from world one comes back in world three along another boss. Something like that could have been interesting. I know I'm asking a lot out of these guys that put their heart and soul into the game. Um, But I think there just could have been a little bit more of that world building built in because it just turns into each individual boss just exists in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's the difference is a lot of run and gun games that they grew up on. Contras, the Gunstar Heroes, uh, Metal Slugs. The, that's effectively the opposite is every boss doesn't appear in a vacuum. They're actually part of that world, part of that story yep. um, in one continuous storyline. But in Cuphead, they're just not like that. So yeah. that's my only real nitpick with the game. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, like we kind of already mentioned, the whole the point of the game isn't the story, right, or the anything yeah. like that. It's just the fun gameplay. But no, I totally get where you're coming from on that. Um, Lucas, if we see anything in the future from the from these guys, you going to play it? Yes. Yes, I'm absolutely playing more games from these guys. I'm interested to see, you know, Cuphead took seven years. So does that mean that we have to wait till like 2025 to play their next game if they are making another game pretty soon? Um, I do know Cuphead, uh, it does have a Netflix animated series coming out. So that's really cool for these guys. Does it? Um, I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, Netflix that bought, ex- yeah, currently in development. But um, you know, is the next game going to be another 1930s cartoon style animated game? Is it going to be another hard game? Is it going to be 
a single player adventure, you know, um, I think there's say? just a lot of directions <laughs> they can go. Who's yeah. to say? Um, but I'll play whatever they make. Cause I think that besides the art, um, they clearly have really great instincts with game design, especially this being their first game. It's just remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited to see where the studio takes things in the future. And yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I will absolutely play anything. These, uh, this, uh, wonderful duo and this wonderful studio comes up with cause Clearly, they're doing something right. And I'm really curious if they'll keep with the same art style going forward for the games. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, totally, totally. And they did, yeah, they did leave it very open for a sequel, too. So we'll see. There could just be Cuphead, too. Yeah, that'd be fine, honestly. Straight up. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) I would love that, too, for sure. Did any part of you want to go back and play this game again after we beat it like the next day? Uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to like, just play a little bit of the first few bosses just to kind of see how easy they were. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But other than that, I I wasn't, I wasn't in any interest to pick up the game again. I mean, I was exhausted from the game. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I, I probably, and I'm not really a speedrunner type, but, um, you know, I can totally see how it has good replayability because each, each level does have that rating scale, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just not, not quite for me right now. Love it. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) um all right final conclusive thoughts lucas great game um great co-op you know uh be if you're up for the challenge this game will be very rewarding for you um and it'll be really really great to see every boss and uh, learn and get better memorization repetition um and it's just wonderful to look at so yeah i um second ditto everything lucas said Grab a friend, play this game. I think I feel like co-op. I mean, obviously, I think you can have a great time playing this game single player, but I think co-op is a really great way to experience this game. So grab a friend if you can, and uh, hopefully one that doesn't get angry too easily, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, come out and play this game. It's a good time. It earns my stickle of approval right. for sure. Uh, all right, yep. ratings. Lucas, take us away. All right, so here is the time for our official rating. Uh, our rating scale, for those of you that are uninitiated, is out of 20. Matt is going to give this a game sca- uh, game score out of 10. I will also give mine out of 10. We add them up, out of 20. That's our rating. All right, so Matt, on three, we don't know what each other's ratings are, just to not. be clear. Um, on after one, okay, we'll let's say our rating. Okay. Three, it's, it's always so confusing. Three, two, one. Nine. Nine. Yeah. All right. That's what I expected from yeah. you as well. Not a perfect 10. Definitely yeah. has a couple little flaws, but um, yeah, great, great. Nine's great. 18 is great. 18 out of 20. That's the Kakashi guy zone. So yeah, um, it is. Or is that the Naruto Sasuke zone? No, Naruto Sasuke zone is 19. Oh, then Mickey is the Michael Grand Coats Ward is 20. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I give it a nine. I, I think it's a fantastic game. I don't think it's a perfect game. Um, I don't think it's like, I think, I think it's a masterpiece of, in art style. But, you know, I think there's masterpieces, I don't, a word I don't want to just throw at it so quickly, yeah. I guess is the only way I can really phrase that one is, um, is that but hey, nine, I mean, that's, that's high on the scale for me, for sure, especially considering some of the games we've played lately. Yeah. Uh, not been nice all (laughs) All right everyone well it is late for lucas and i right now so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up 
Um, as always, you can shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. And as well on the Twitter and Instagram and our link tree, you can find a link to our YouTube, to our Discord. Importantly, the Discord. Coming out in the Discord, we have a fun little community there. Um, today is a Monday. We actually had our Super Metroid Monday, which is where everyone gives their hot takes on anything in the gaming realm. And it's just fun discussion. It's good times. Come hang out. Again, you can find that in our um, link tree links. Or you can find it on our website, thanksforplaying.live. And you can find the link there. Or shoot us an email, and we'll be happy to give you the link. Um, and if you want to hang out with your good buddy Matt, you can find me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew. Lucas, where can we find you? You can find me on the Discord server if you want to come and hang out with me. Um, again, I think the best way to join the server is thanksforplaying.live. Um, just type that right into your URL bar in any browser, and you'll find our Discord server link. Um, I'm in there all the time. Um, usually, just kind of have Discord it's on my phone, it's on my computer. Always responding to great messages. Um, if you need some gaming advice um, or you think I'm great at Apex, you can feel free to ask me like Dragoon did and I'll give my best advice that I can possibly give. Um, or if you just want to talk about hot takes in video games um, or anime or film or whatever, you know, we got opinions on everything over here. Love it. All right. Everyone. And let us know if you want us to stream Apex. I think that'd be a fun one or TFT or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like the TFT idea because that's a little bit easier to have a conversation. That's true. You know, yeah. All right, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skibbity bop. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Real Call Bunch and Red Circle. 